Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. You sit there alone in your hey, George. Bedroom. Mortal Kombat! So, it's just going to be 90 minutes of us singing the Mortal Kombat song <laughs> this time, so just everybody strap in. <laughs> So, uh, we're trying, we're going to try a thing. So, uh, nostalgia goggles, we typically, uh, only we exclusively have uh, played. Yeah. Thus far I've played classic games. Uh, and, and you and I both got this idea to, uh, try some classic movies and, um, give them the same treatment. Yes. Uh, and, and I think that the, the idea was that what better way to slide into that than doing a classic video game movie. Yeah, which uh, so little uh, little kimono opening moment. Um, you and I, we were we were in a restaurant. We were sharing some delicious pizza and beers. Mm, good and, delicious pizza. Oh man, it was so good. I want to go back to that place, but it's far <laughs> away. Um, and and we we were kind of like, well, were there really that many video game movies? Like, if we wanted to stick to video game movies to stay consistent in our theming, how long could we ride that out if we we made this a regular thing? Turns out, we were like weeks maybe yeah. nine you know there's yeah. like and like we were like listing them off the top of our head you're like oh yeah you know there's 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 not much there's like x y z and that's about it it we're turns wrong. out uh because internet uh there's a wikipedia article that just lists like every movie that's a video game adaptation and some of them we were both like oh yeah i forgot about that one but then there were a whole lot more that were like what they made that into a movie and then there were even a few like wing commander and i was like oh yeah i guess that was a video <laughs> game because i actually think of that as like a movie first yeah no wing commander was to me like the example of to me like how deep the rabbit hole went you know because it's like wing commander i'm like the movie and it was like <laughs> like yeah and i was like i mean wasn't that the game where you know they rewrote that code to say thank you for playing wing commander i mean if a clutch like that worked on that game, I can't imagine it being rife with plot, you know? No, that, that's just how the movie ends. Yeah. Like, they, <laughs> they don't have any way to resolve the story, and it just says, thank you for watching Wing Commander, oh, man. and then credits. Now I really want to watch the movie just to see if that's the way it ends, because it absolutely should. I'm going to pirate that movie and edit <laughs> that ending into it, and then be like, oh, here you go. Here you go. I've improved this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's what we're gonna do is that thing, but with Mortal Kombat, not the game, the movie. Exactly, and yeah. and luckily, if <laughs> I would actually say that you know the Mortal Kombat, I would certainly say the Mortal Kombat movie experience was way more tolerable than the game. Um, oh but, yes, well, th and and this is a crucial difference is that it's like passive. Yes, so it's like. If it is bad, it's like, well, it'll end if I just sit here and stare into space. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't require you to continue to throw effort into it. Although I think for both of our experiences with the game versus the movie, the movie did last longer because I think we both <laughs> rage quit Mortal Kombat in about a half an hour. This is what, an hour and a half movie? Uh, it's 101. So I actually did, you know, the the 
the dedicated amount of research you've come to expect here at Nostalgia Goggles, and I brought up their Wikipedia page, Mm. and uh, 101 Minutes, uh, originally released in 95, which would have put us both firmly in the 10 range. Sounds about Um, right. Yeah, and and I and I think that's important to note because uh I I have like pretty fond memories of this movie. Oh, absolutely. No, for me like <laughs> I loved this movie. I mean, I I probably made my parents watch it more times than <laughs> than I could count at the age of 10 and maybe more times than I could count now. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I just, God, I loved this movie so much. And and honestly, when we were kicking this around, I think we were talking about a couple of different movies. And I was like, I, I, I need to watch Mortal Kombat because I am so terrified that it doesn't hold up. And I need to, like, get that Band-Aid off now. Like, otherwise, it's just going to be this looming monster behind me. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, you think Mortal Kombat's still good? I'm going to be like, please, please, maybe. I mean, it, it's kind of a classic among video game movies. Nah, man, it's old. Yeah. But, but it might it might still be like B-movie funny. Nah, man, it's really old. It's really old. Hey, hey, remember how much you loved the video game and how much that could have tainted your feelings? <laughs> remember that? Hey, hey, remember how, how much they were experimenting with CGI back in the 90s? You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> so this, this is a crucial thing, is that uh, this movie um, was not... Uh, I mean, it did it actually money wise. So the, this is a, an important ratio. Uh, it cost eighteen million dollars to make, which it's is a ma- chump change nowadays. Oh, even then, that's <laughs> re- relatively inexpensive for a movie. Um, it it made a hundred and twenty two million dollars in the box office. So it it doesn't take literally any additional information to guess that they went on to make a sequel, right? And there was actually a TV show in between these two movies that I did not know existed. <laughs> oh man, I'm suddenly having like these flashbacks, like crudely animated Sub Zero. Uh, I don't know if that's, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that even my ten year old self saw that a preview for that on like Saturday morning cartoons <laughs> and said like maybe maybe enough Mortal Kombat, maybe we're good. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm good with the games in the movie. Thanks. <laughs> Um, but it, I mean, th- this is a, a thing with all media is we would love to believe that like it's art and they're in it to be creative, but they got a 10 X return on this movie. Oh yeah. So the minute they had like a two X return, they were probably already like, well, we're going to make a sequel. And yeah. then they just got more and more studio executives <laughs> on board as that money continued to, you know, that pile of cocaine got higher and higher. Yeah, uh-huh, I got the cocaine references. Ah, oh, darn it! <laughs> yeah, I gotta be faster. I gotta do more cocaine. <laughs> um, but 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 yeah, I mean, like, like we both had pretty fond uh, memories of this. So, um, what was it like to watch it? So let's start at the top of the hour with with visuals. Um, overall, I thought that I mean, as far as like cinematography and like the camera angles and all that sort of stuff, there was nothing that was particularly, in my opinion, jarring like that. First thing that, that is the easiest, lowest hanging fruit to discuss is the, the CGI, right? Right. So, which, which I mean, you get about 15 seconds in because this is a time in history when there weren't 45 production companies involved in every movie. <laughs> True. So, 
it's it it shows the New Line Cinema logo, which to be fair, they immediately hit you with the Mortal Kombat music, which is like awesome. Yes, yeah, <laughs> right. Kombat, yes. Like they they do not screw around. They know what you came for. No, um, and actually, if you want to come for the pie, stay for a second slice of pie. <laughs> <laughs> actually, if you want to, you know, op- as you say, open the kimono a little bit. Um, when we sat down to watch it uh, at your place, um, it was still like you had gone through it. I think with Sue. Um, you know, a couple of days ago. So it was still queued up to the end. So when you hit play, it was like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, it was like and, right in the credits. Right. And so you were like, all right, stop, reset. And it was like New Line Cinema, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it was like, oh, so that was kind of the exact same experience. Yeah, um, but but I kind of like that the, you hear that, you see the one production company logo, maybe one or two, and then it immediately goes to like terrible 90s CGI fire and the letters like shooting in like yep oh yeah no that was actually though not to um you know basically say as john mulaney would say like i like movies like the godfather and scarface so not to (laughs) equate a really amazing movie with a a not as on par movie but you know what the intro reminded me a little bit of now that i didn't draw the corollary to when i was younger is the intro is very similar to batman the motion picture or the movie huh yeah, yeah b- big symbol letters like sideways yeah, they're thing. Like weaving their way through the symbol and then like at the end you get to see the symbol kind of a thing is i was just kind of like huh yeah that's i mean one was cgi and one was clearly like a practical effect but well and i wouldn't be at all surprised if there was a time in history like in the mid 90s when there was like a way higher occurrence of that like that was just the the like title card du jour right so right, yeah so it's like you know i i wouldn't find it totally unbelievable if like you've got mail open <laughs> with like <laughs> like the letters like flying through a little envelope and then like the little signature and little like going through the little aol logo or something like that's that's not unbelievable right because it was just that time in history so now i'm just picturing like like you've got mail whatever their opening is but with mortal Kombat <laughs> and like <laughs> <laughs> so now you're imagining my made-up CGI opening for the visual with the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. Yes, yeah, so with the Mortal Kombat, but for you got mail. Like I, th- I think that that would clearly set a definitively different tone for that movie. Like if I if I saw that and then the rest of it was just Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan just kind of <laughs> chilling, I'd be like, man, what? So like fatality? Like what's what's going to happen? Yeah, what what are they throwing down? What are we? <laughs> so to me, it's not the first cgi effect that they did but to me it was the one where i went oh my god um (laughs) reptile yeah because you do actually see him fairly early on yes yeah and and to be fair though like i saw this and i was just like oh god like but then so when he first appears like so he's like a statue and sang sung walks up to him ominously as he i think that's the only way he knows how to operate is just ominously um, well, or or creepy, which we'll get to later. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Yeah, we'll have to talk on that. But uh, so he walks up and he's like, you know, like, reptile, stalk katana, basically. He says something nicer yeah, than go, that. Keep an eye on her. Yeah. Giant, and, impossible to miss lizard monster. <laughs> and so then he, like, appears and is this just horrible, horrible CGI effect where it's just the colors are way too bright. None of it looks right. Yeah, he's like an acid trip saturated nightmare. <laughs> oh, man, if I was if I was doing shrooms when I saw <laughs> Reptile, I think that that would just that would immediately switches it to a bad trip. You know, like 
I, I assume, I mean, having never done hard drugs, I assume that the people who quit hard drugs cold turkey <laughs> saw Reptile. Yeah. They're just no. like, I don't ever want to see that again, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, basically, like, somebody's on, like, mushrooms and, like, they queue up Mortal Kombat and Ryze saying something, like, walks up. He's like, hope you packed your bag, son, because <laughs> you're about to go on a trip. And then, like, <laughs> but anyway, so that was pretty awful. But then in defense of the the executives or, or director or wh- whomever is responsible for this, that that effect happens. It 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 can't be undone. But then he turns <laughs> invisible as reptile can do in the game, which was awful. But yes, and he stays invisible until like the very end of the movie. So yeah, no, they they knew full well that that cost of the eighteen million dollars that was seventeen <laughs> and a half. <laughs> like that was the vast majority of the budget, not the rights, not the actors, not the craft services table, like that crappy animation. Yeah, no. So, so there was 17 million spent on that CGI, another 500,000 spent on martial arts lessons, probably taught by, um, Oh, what's the lead actor's name again? I'm blanking on it. The actual actor's name. Yeah. Uh, wait, really? Robin shoe. Yeah. Shoe? Yeah. Yeah. Robin shoe. Uh, but anyway, so, so the, the other 500,000 was probably spent, on martial arts lessons and then they ran out of money halfway through. So then Robin Shu just had to teach them the rest of the martial arts. <laughs> and then they, they probably spent like a hundred bucks on, you know, actual like storyboarding, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. But yeah. So, so like, like you said, though, is that I think that, you know, they knew that they were like this, this is a hot mess. So he just goes invisible and then, and the invisibility effect I think is decent, you know? Yeah. He kind of blends in with like the stone and crawls away yeah and then every time like you see him like he you see him like all creepily but he's invisible and so so yeah so i i I did like that because i'd rather see that than you know some other movies that you know appeared before some other movies that we liked like prequels (laughs) if you will that uh (laughs) that used rampant lackluster um 90s and early 2000s cgi yeah and uh it, it, I don't know enough about what CGI costs, but sometime in the 90s, I think what happened, because at first it was like a thing you did because it was neat, right? Like the effects in Lawnmower Man were utter garbage, but it's a movie about <laughs> computers. So they had to do the best they could with the technology available at the time, right? Right. Whereas with this... I think they were we were starting to in like the mid 90s probably getting to a point where building an animatronic and or a puppet and having someone puppeteer it versus paying the effects artist to to make the model and then animate it was probably starting to become more cost efficient. So it's yes. like, well, it's going to look worse. Like, I mean, remember Jurassic Park came out before this. And looked yep. way better because they did mostly practical effects and only CGI, like where it made sense. Right. And so CGI at this time in history could be done well for buckets of money and when used correctly. But I think for their purposes, they were like, are we really going to build like a little robot for this and one then, scene that he, yeah. Been- and then never use it again. Like we can't build a robot that can fight. Like it's obviously going to have to be a guy in a suit. Yeah. Well, and actually, you know, now that you mention it, what they, what they may have very well done is because they were like, well, we're going to have to CGI the invisible reptile. So you have to build the invisible CGI model, you know, like the way it like bends light and all this sort of stuff. So it's like, just slap some colors on that for like 
five frames. And that's kind of what it looks like. Is that somebody just yeah. sort of stock colors and threw it on there? <laughs> and to be fair, I think the reason why they didn't use practical effects, it was in part because they spent a tremendous amount of time. And I think to great effect on Goro. Cause yes, which is all practical effect. And that held up, I think pretty well personally. Yeah. They even went so far as in the, incredibly painful fight scene by which I mean like emotionally painful <laughs> be between him and Johnny Cage. Like the first thing Johnny Cage does is the split and he, he punches him in the crotch. Like that's yep. Johnny Cage's like one of his signature things and they had to work that into the movie. Mm -hmm. So he, he does that and they show a close up of Goro's face and the pupils dilate. Yep. And I was like, all right, like that yeah. looked believable because a little black circle actually became a larger black circle instead of like a CGI black circle. So like, and I mean, eyes are hard anyway, like even oh, now yeah. with all the technology we've gotten in the intervening 20 years. So the, the fact that they were like, Goro's going to be a big part of it. He's going to need to physically interact with lots of other people. They're going to need to have like a good, you know, eye line for him so that they're not just looking at a tennis ball on a stick, like in those prequel movies you got awfully mentioned. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm glad that they spent that money and that time on Goro. Cause I don't really give a crap about reptile. Also yeah. in the games, I don't think he was an actual reptile. I no. think that was just his theming. Yeah, no, that was totally his like, you know, <laughs> because they had Scorpion and Sub-Zero. So they were like, well, we want to do a green palette swap. What are we going to call him? I don't know. Call him Reptile. Like, who cares? Like, well, There's also Smoke. And uh, wasn't there a purple one later? Maybe. I don't know. It's I know th I know. there's at least Smoke who was like gray. Right. But he was like, he wasn't immediately playable. He was unlockable, I think. Uh, yeah, I think he came around and I don't know. We're not talking about the games. We're talking about the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we get, but we digress. But no, I thought Goro was amazingly well done. And I thought that they did a good job with it in the sense that like Goro is whatever he is, but he's not human, you know? I, so, I think his race is like outworldian. Like he's from the place that's invading. Like he's a native of that place. Right, of Outworld, which was taken over by Shokan. In, right, so so he's a native of wherever Shokan is from, and okay, so let's. I I I I'm on board with that. Also, though, we we know that Katana is a native from where Shokan is from. Is yes, what Shokan took over. So, if we're like, either a there's two disparate races that inhabit the same planet, or b all of the men look like Goro and all of the women look like Katana. Mm. I'm kind of on. I kind of want. I'm, I'm on board with either. <laughs> like, so wait, no, I don't have a good answer for this because <laughs> they say in the movie that Goro is the natural born son of Shao Kahn. Okay, so the, Goro's the from and, where and, Shao Kahn's from. Yes, but Shao Kahn does not have four arms. Shao Kahn just is built like a normal human man. Okay, so wait, no. Okay, so new new theory. All right, so because Outworld they say is was taken over by Shao Kahn. So like yes. Outworld looks super evil and dystopian, but that's because the apocalypse happened. You know, right? It, um, it might have looked fine. In fact, there's architecture to make you believe it looked kind of like Thailand. It looks like right. destroyed Thailand. Yeah, exactly. So so then it would make sense then that like 
so Shao Kahn comes from wherever Shao Kahn comes from, but he's like kind of like a Galactus where he just goes from place to place and, you know, does his right. thing. So it would make sense that like their home world is like a hub of like all of the places that they've taken over. And so mm. I would believe that, you know, Shao Kahn, like, you know, married, had sex with whatever, one of the bizarre Denzians of the many planes that he's taken oh, over. Right. And so, then, so Goro's some kind of like like he's half Shao Kahn, half whatever other world race. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 holds up. Let's go with that. Yeah, but no, um, that, that's fine. It, although, and I mean, we were going to get to this, but we're basically on it now. So, um, <laughs> it really irritated me that Goro is like, you know, Katana, the emperor's adopted daughter, is the rightful heir to the throne, and I was like, not how that works. Like, not even close. Like, first off, this is obviously, like, a male-centric patriarchal society. So the the fact that a woman even has a path by which ascend (laughs) to the throne seems bizarre to me. Secondly, everyone seems to hate her and know that she is a traitor to Outworld. So even if she was the rightful heir, I think they would, like, they clearly don't care about the rules, so they would just make her not in charge. Yeah, or and also assassinate her. Yeah, that's just not how a monarchy works. Like monarchies, by definition, have to be through a bloodline. Like yeah. that's where we get all of the jokes about like inbreeding and royal families is because they had to do that to keep the blood pure. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. The, I mean, and we'll definitely talk about it more when we get to like plot. But the the plot is just up and down banana pants. Like, and so <laughs> <laughs> I think that to me the um. The the so you know we we both play dunge- Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, so, we do. Um, so you know I've said a number of times like there's basically two types of adventures. There's like mechanics based adventures where it's like I want to play an adventure and see the numbers get bigger and see if I can like it's more of like a puzzle game to see like how powerful can I build out my character and all that, which is fine. And then there's like plot driven games where it's like okay, well I want to get involved in collaborative storytelling, right? And so in plot-driven games, you know, as you said before, is that you will always sacrifice the mechanics to drive plot, you know? So if somebody's like, oh, I rolled a natural one, and you're like, oh, this would mean that the character would die, but I can't narratively have them die at this point, you're like, maybe that was a two, you know? (laughs) This this movie's the opposite of that. All of the (laughs) plot is in service for the references, you know? So... Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fan service the movie. Like most yeah. video game movies, it is fan service the movie. <laughs> exactly. So, like, it, it, I mean, you know, at any point when it was just kind of like, hey, well, we can either have a, a cogent story or Johnny Cage can do a split punch. It's like, well, I mean, split punch. Yeah, split split punch. Those were $500 sunglasses, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> oh, Johnny Cage, your one-liners. Before. are terrible they're all terrible oh yeah no before i was like oh man witty one-liner and now i'm just kind of like oh god it keeps me up at night that at one point i thought that, that was clever it but anyway me. um no but so so goro though um yeah i thought that because he's inhuman you know that any of the weird kind of uncanny valley stuff like held up because he's he's supposed to be kind he's of a, unsettling yeah he's some kind of monster Exactly. So, you know, whenever his like face didn't move right or his mouth didn't move right, I just my brain completely negated that because it's like, well, he's a monster and he's this big, scary dude. Um, And I thought that uh, one of the things from uh, some of the other shows I've been watching recently, um, more specifically Attack on Titan, is 
I've noticed that one of the best ways to set up a character like that, which they do do in this movie, is by how the other characters relate to him. So, you know, we first see Goro and we're like, oh, that's kind of a big, scary dude. And like you see uh, Kano, right? Kano? Yeah. Kano. Yeah. Like kind of like just just such a prick. Yeah. No, just just pricking it up all over the place, you know? And and so then like Goro like stands up and like walks over to him and you immediately see this guy who up until now is just so full of himself start to absolutely pee his pants. Yes. And so you're like, so if he had been like, oh, whatever, Goro, then the effect I feel like wouldn't have landed as well. But because all of the other characters, every time they see them, they're like, oh, God, he's terrifying. And you're like, oh, God, he's terrifying. Well, and and the one person who does not act like he's terrified of Goro is Shang Tsung, who is more powerful than Goro. So like it, it sets up because you see Kano, he's established as a threat in the beginning of the movie. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's got, he actually has pretty okay, like practical effect makeup to give him the, the metal face thing. I don't really understand what that eye is supposed to be about, but he's got like an eye thing. So, uh, so he gets established as like, a bad guy and technically at first the bad guy. And then um, he's afraid of Goro. So we, as the audience are like, Oh, we're supposed to be afraid of Goro. And then Shang Tsung kind of tells Goro to like chill out a little bit. And we're like, Oh, right. Okay. okay he's, he's like the guy, like he's not just the referee running the tournament. Like he's, he's like a legit threat. Dude, actually, you know what that totally is. That's the Napa Vegeta moment when they're on earth. Yes. Yeah, no, now, yeah, now yeah. giant giant muscle bound guy is not the strongest guy. Yeah, no, now now I just want to see like the that iconic image of like the Saiyans coming to Earth <laughs> and Koro and Shang Tsung. That I I'm, I'm okay with Photoshop. I think I might I think I might do that. You could probably <laughs> do it well enough to just like give yourself the chuckle. Yeah, just be like tee, you know, throw it on like Tumblr or something and then just move on with life. But uh most but yeah, people so, can't tickle their own feet, so I'd say it's worth doing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, so overall I think that those those visuals certainly held up. Um Shang Tsung's uh face transformation, which he does a couple of times to be weird and scary and die. Oh, yeah, uh, shape shifty thing. Yeah, like yeah. that that I thought held up adequately. Yeah, I mean that that's a you you have two actors walk the exact same path at about the same pace. You film the shot twice and then you mush the shots together. Like that's that looks pretty okay because I don't there isn't like a lot happening there. Like that right. I don't know, it's not a practical effect, but like I think most of that's actually done in film and mm. you kind of like bleed these two shots together and that's what makes it convincing, right? Is because if it if the camera had to be perfectly still when they did that shot, it would look weird, but because it's a natural sweeping shot of him walking across like the, the outside of the, the Johnny Cage movie set. And then he turns from Johnny Cage's master into Shang Tsung. You're like, Oh, that, that seemed believable. It happened mid stride. Like it holds up. Yeah. Um, I also felt that, uh, like on a visual kind of thing, the, the sets all held up really well, except where, uh, Johnny Cage fights Scorpion. I would agree with that. That 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 one. You're just like this. They threw this together that morning. Yeah. It and and I think that the reason behind that is because like so, um, you know, all of the like they're slugging it into each other pretty hard, and for whatever reason they decided that Scorpion's martial arts style is just 
beat you until you stop moving. Like there's yeah, no that that set is very destructed. You're right. There's no finesse. I mean, so like the, the way he's fine, he's just like slugging him. And so every time they run into anything on the set, the whole set like kind of shivers and shakes. And so it does. And you could argue like, oh, well, it's supposed to be like that. But it's like, yeah, but the thing is, it comes across like it's made out of cardboard, probably because it is. I mean, it it it's it's basically an orange hellscape backdrop with like painter scaffolding. Right. And yeah. and like some breakable boards on it because like they break a bunch of the boards, but like <laughs> it it shakes like painter scaffolding because it's probably painter, painter scaffolding. Yeah. <laughs> like it's <laughs> like, I, mean, I don't they, yeah, I don't think they really sprung for that set. No, they probably like had some of the uh, you know people on set that were painting another set and said, "Hey, can we <laughs> steal that from you? We got we need it for a set." And they're like, "Oh yeah, to 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 build a set? No, no, it is the set." Um, no, making yeah, a movie but, about painters? No, we are not. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of it's shot on like the beach, which is you know, I mean, it's the beach, and then like the yeah. the temples and all of that, all of that holds up pretty well. Wh- One of which the things- actually, that stuff uh, was actually on on location, I guess, in Thailand. You said, yeah. So oh, like yeah, that, yeah. that none of that sets. They were just like, well, we need Thailand, so we're we're gonna go to Thailand, well, especially which is the, th- the way to do it, right? Because the Thailand stuff, I mean, you know, they didn't have like the full on you know sang song like all these different people there it was just you know i think luke cage for a lot of it and then the very final scene where it's like the whole gang you know yeah the the single hero and you know generic background thai people at the beginning and his grandfather yeah yeah i was gonna say who might actually just be like monks from a you know like a nearby temple or something like that you know oh yeah i mean most of those people don't speak so they're almost definitely just like um scale extras like you know we're, we're gonna pay you 25 bucks to wear this monk's robe and stand over there yeah don't oh. don't move or talk <laughs> <laughs> but uh one of the because this is kind of visuals a little bit weirdness but uh that i just realized that at no point until we rewatched this movie did it occur to me like my younger self was just didn't even occur to me but um so when they're in the woods which i kind of thought was like a fun kind of set piece because all the trees are like perfectly lined up so it kind of has like yeah because it's a tree farm right exactly so i mean and that's good though because like to me it it's supposed to be a forest right but it kind of sells a little bit of the uncanny because it's like a forest but a forest doesn't look like that you know yeah it does it has a feeling of being boxed in, even though you can, you have like a clear line of sight in basically every direction. It's, it's an interesting visual effect, even though it makes no sense that each of these fights takes place randomly in random locations. I mean, Scorpion takes him to hell for part of their fight and they don't explain how he leaves. And I don't know much about tournaments, but I'm confident that would be a ring out. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like if you're, if you're wherever you are and then you're in hell, I don't know like how big the because like you could argue like oh well how big are the rings like how big is the space they're fighting is like traveling to another plane of existence I'm gonna argue is ring out no I w- I want to believe that this tournament does not include ring outs because that means if Goro survived his fall he may be like <laughs> on his way back to the fight I can still <laughs> make like, it. I'm not done yet I'm not done yet wait 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 guys <laughs> um but uh so but in that in that scene Scorpion does his you know get over here right and so he fires the thing out and johnny cage runs around like a maniac and then eventually gets backed up against a tree and the thing like goes and gets like an inch away from his face and like can't quite make it because it's like snap 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 and it's like oh that was super intense and then like scorpion's like hmm and then like retracts the thing it's like 
take one step forward. Like you, Scorpion, take one step forward and it'll get him. Like, why are you just standing there? Well, and, and can I complain about that snaky dragon thing? Because that is not a great effect. Well, it's an unnecessary effect. Like True. the thing with reptiles, like, okay, they need a way to work reptile in where he's, it's a little less obvious that he's a color swap from <laughs> from Scorpion and Sub-Zero because they don't explain where Scorpion comes from. He's just a skull-faced demon from hell, and you just take that at face value. That's fine. They don't explain where Sub-Zero comes from, who appears to be a normal guy that just has magic ice powers, but that's – okay, fine. Do, do you not? <laughs> <laughs> but with Reptile, like, he is actually a monster, and we don't see him as – the human palette swap, you know, green version of the ninja character until he sort of falls into the statue. Like he, I, I remembered him getting into the statue, but the statue kind of like pulls him in. Yeah, no, it, it definitely seemed because reptile tries to escape, you yeah. know, and, and fails and then wins. I don't know. No, he dies. <laughs> Well, no, no, he wins the fight with whatever it is that's trying to eat him because he becomes humanoid reptile. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so, so I'm saying like it's like this statue. I, I don't know if I would consider a mimic killing me and then living my life because it took my wallet and now has my driver's license to be winning the battle. Like, yeah, that's true. I, I, I mean, think because the statue is humanoid in shape and it's got like a hollow chest cavity and it kind of eats the reptile monster and then... This is actually when we talk about audio. This is one of the things with the the audio that is just like when it when the statue turns into you know green scorpion and it gets up, the narrator goes reptile. reptile. <laughs> <laughs> like it totally breaks the tension of the moment. Yeah, no, that just was like where did who said that? Like like if I was if I was Liu Kang in that moment, I would just be like, wait, wait. Did you just announce yourself or is there someone else here with us? Because Johnny Cage was with me a minute ago and now I don't know where he is. Dude, that's that's what Johnny Cage like. Screwed that's off what he's doing. Do. Yeah, <laughs> because again, this this touches on plot thing. But like, you know, so <laughs> Reptile gets eaten by like the big statue, dude. And then like just knocks Liu Kang through a wall. And I think like at that point we were just was like dead uh, yeah. or seriously injured. Yeah. Um, no, all those bricks were placed loosely with no mortar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but then, like, Liu Kang and Reptile have this, like, knock-down, drag-out fight, which is one of the more visceral fights, I think. And Yeah, they, they break a lot of stuff. There's a lot of crazy acrobatics because they're obviously both actual martial artists, so most of Liu Kang's fights are the good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just it's kind of determined whether or not his partner is up to his speed. <laughs> but so, yeah, and then, like, I think about a third of the way through the fight, one of us was like, where is Johnny Cage? And then <laughs> Liu Kang is like on the ropes and we're like, where is Johnny Cage? And then like Liu Kang wins and Katana's like, glad you can win. He's like, where were you? And where is Johnny Cage? And then in the next scene, just all three of them are just sauntering around. It's like, I would be salty as hell if like you and I were walking around in a clearly bad neighborhood right <laughs> and then all of a sudden I got spin kicked through a store and was like fighting for my life and then came out of the store having barely bested my assailant we wouldn't just be like continuing to walk down the street I'd be like dude where were you 
Yeah, I the only thing <laughs> the only thing I could think of it, and I mean this is grasping at just the the <laughs> thinnest and shortest of straws, which is like they don't bother to cut to Johnny Cage and Katana watching the fight, but they are there and they like can't intervene. Hmm. So Be- because no other fight involves multiple combatants except um oh crap, I think it happens once. Oh yeah, Shang Tsung summons like a bunch of demons from hell. Like, As you do, w- warriors he's bested, but I don't think any other fight involves multiple combatants because that would have broken with the very limited canon of the game. Yeah, or you know what? The the only other to to kind of because I I, I I like that in principle. So what if? So obviously, like you said, like Johnny Cage is a good fighter, but he's nowhere near Liu Kang's level, right? Well, according to Fake Master which we then find out is Shang Tsung, but he like confidently believes he is one of the best martial artists in the world. Right. But he's not, I mean, he's not, he's not Liu Kang. I mean, only uh, Liu Kang is Liu Kang. A, a rose by any other name is not Goku. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what if, what if it was basically like reptile is some supernatural, whatever reptile is. And Liu Kang is like finally fighting all out. Like he's, broken his spirit bonds, dropped his weighted clothing, you know, <laughs> is, is finally given it his all. And uh, and so neither Katana nor Johnny Cage feel that they could adequately provide assist. Uh, okay, so... He's grasping, but... No, I mean, no. Uh, the, the reason <laughs> I take umbrage with that is because Katana is like a 10,000-year-old, like, semi-deity. Mm. <laughs> so... Yeah. And and her fight with Liu Kang is not one of the good ones. She yeah. is definitely just an athletic actress. She is not a martial artist because the the one slap fest she has is yeah. just her like limp, limply pinning Liu Kang so she can feed him secrets, which they imply cuz that happens early in the movie. They imply that fight scene is her only way to contact with him. Except then they have like a bunch of other conversations later. <laughs> yeah. And and on top of all that, like like, you know, so she she gets him pins him down. It's like, use the element that brings life. How about throw ice at sub zero? Like you're <laughs> throw water at him. It like, will freeze into ice and stab him to death. <laughs> like like Sang already seems pretty peeved that she's saying that. So you might as well be like less enigmatic and just outright say, you know, hey, do thing A, you know? But anyways, uh, <laughs> are we still on visuals? I feel like. Uh, I mean, I just had to make sure I got in my complaint about the because the thing Scorpion normally does is throw a spear, right? Like on a, it's it's actually it's supposed to be like a what do you call it a kunai, like a ninja knife, like yeah. that uh, Naruto popularized. So mm-hmm. it's that with like a rope tied to it, right? In the game, but in the movie, they were like, "What if?" And here, follow me on this. <laughs> <laughs> What if it was like a bird head with like a snake body that came out of his hand and is hundreds and hundreds of feet long, but not hundreds and hundreds and one feet long? <laughs> it's it's almost infinite in length, but not quite. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree because I think that probably somebody said, you know, like, oh, yeah, he like throws a spear into people and hooks them and brings them in close. And the person was like, well, yeah, but he's. He's supposed to be like all supernatural, right? It's like, well, yeah, he is, but he, he uses this one weapon. It's like, no, it's got to be weird and supernatural. And and yeah, I thought that that particular... Well, and he gets his weird supernatural moment. He pulls off the mask. 
he's just a skull underneath, which implies that he actually pulled off his face because yes. you can see his eyes oh, and yeah. like the upper part of his face when he has his mask on. But he pulls off his head, essentially, and he's a skull <laughs> underneath, and then he breathes fire. Like, that was his supernatural thing, right? Like, Sub-Zero has, like, ice magic, and Scorpion, as you would expect from the name Scorpion, is a skull flame face guy. Yeah, like, it's right I mean, there in the name. It does it, what it says on the tin. Oh, yeah, no, perfectly tele- telegraphed. <laughs> um, no, and, and, and so a part of me wants to, like see one of scorpions like older fights you know um so like he like rips rips off his face right and he like breathes fire on the person person dies right and then it's like this pregnant pause and he goes okay getting this back on is a two-man job like i can't <laughs> some someone <laughs> is going to have to help me announcer guy <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where are you but uh but yeah so I, I just yeah i thought that particular visual a did not hold up well b was unnecessary and 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 almost kind of distracting so um yeah, I mean, I get, like, when Johnny Cage is against the tree and it, like, snaps in his face. Like, that's menacing, but but I was just like, oh, all right. Yeah, like, I mean... They, it's, it's not it's not going to reach him. Yeah. I get it. But uh, <laughs> you, you know what, like, what, what, what could have been cool? And, you know, it's always fun to play the what could have been game. Uh, to sit, <laughs> sit in our nice comfy chairs but, and be like, well, yeah. you know what you should have done? <laughs> um, just Monday morning quarterback all over it. <laughs> exactly. Is a... Uh, you know, like if like Scorpion was like throwing out a whole bunch of those, they could have had that like same moment where like basically Johnny Cage could have like done like the 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 catch, you know, like the, the mm, sword yeah. catch. And they could have gotten like basically that same moment, you know. Um, and then like he could have then used Scorpion's weapon against him and that could have been fun. But uh, something. But whatever. yeah, they, did, they didn't decide to do any of those smart things. Nope. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I mean, that's that's really, you know, besides uh, like the. All of the other, to me, generic, like Sub-Zero stuff, Raiden stuff, it was all not amazing, but not jaw-droppingly terrible, you know? So it was just innocuous. Yeah, Raiden gets a few, like, lightning eyes. Like, there are some other, you know, little uses of, like, CGI or practical effects or, you know, non-computer visual effects and stuff. And they're they're all, they're there. Yeah, they they, (laughs) They, they they exist. They don't get... detract from the story or from the storytelling, but I don't feel that they enhance it. I feel that Goro in particular dramatically enhanced the storytelling. Like I thought that 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 was very well done. It was very well executed. And aside from the other extreme negatives that we've listed, I didn't feel that any of the other ones where I was just kind of like, Oh, fourth wall broken because that visual effect was clearly nothing near real you know well i didn't even think about this evidence that we're new to this whole movie critique thing but um (laughs) from a a visual standpoint everyone had very good costumes like true because the the costumes in the games are not that complicated and they didn't commit the cardinal sin of adaptation where you like dress it up for no reason Mm. because like Liu kang basically walks around in like polyester pants, like like martial arts pants. And Sonya wears a tank top and slacks. And Johnny Cage is in like normal clothes, like a collar shirt and pants. Like it and you know, then there's the other characters' clothes are vaguely Asian, because like they all and and not even just like Japan and China Asian, but they some of them kind of wear like like turbany style masks and like with like a lot more above the head. It's not just like a straight ninja mask and like kind of baggier pants. So there, there's like a whole kind of like Middle Eastern, you know, Far East sort of thing, just like broad stroke painted. But 
but it's all real stuff. Like, yeah. it's like, hey, that guy actually has like a mask on. That guy actually has baggy pants on. Like, it's yes. all believable. It's all made out of real materials. So there's nothing about it where you look at it and you're like, those costumes are terrible. Yeah, no, I'd say the costume design was very, very good. Uh, one thing, especially that I noticed is that the next time, like if, if ever my uh, washing machine breaks, I'm just going to bring all of my clothes to that set because there are a million washboards <laughs> in the form of abs. Just all over the place i mean like i was just like i was like man i'm, I'm pretty happy with the way i look but uh i don't ever want to go to that set because i'd be like <laughs> <laughs> i need the morbidly obese tubbo just kind of like rolling around because good god every single guy there i think had like two percent body fat well then there's a, a a chance in a movie like that 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 scene actually only has like eight mega fit guys in it but because they have masks on, they can be in the background of every single shot. Like, <laughs> like if you do a shot reverse shot, like if you and I are talking and we're supposed to be surrounded by like super buff outworld guys, I don't know who these people are. Like they're just around. They're, they don't seem like servants. So some of them fight, but they're not really in the tournament. Like, I don't know what they're doing there. But if, if there's like all these people there, they're kind of like the audience. I guess they're almost like they're like citizens of outworld, maybe. Mm hmm. Anyway, yeah. but like yeah. if it's like a shot reverse shot where you and I are talking like they could have the dudes behind you and then when they're going to film the reverse shot of me, they're just like, OK, you guys walk to the other side of the room now. <laughs> and actually, that's how they stayed in shape was because they were constantly jogging back and forth like between takes. Yeah, everybody started that movie like super fat. <laughs> just, like we're yeah. we're going to we're going to low budget you guys fit. <laughs> but yeah, so overall, though, visuals, I would say as a whole they, they held up, you know, um, shockingly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there were, there were definitely outliers in both directions, but, but as a, as a group, three standard deviations from the mean that I'd say they held up. Would you, uh, <laughs> solid pass. Yeah. Would uh, so sound, I mean, there's one thing that this movie has going. Yeah. No, dude, getting, hearing that song is like stepping into a time machine because like, and actually, I think that we said back when, you know, at my first thought was like, when I was like, Mortal Kombat, I was like, oh, yes. And, you know, super excited. And then a part of my brain. So, you know how like there's that meme where it's like Kermit and then also Kermit, you yeah, know, me also me. Yeah. yeah, me and also me like like me said, we should have listened to that while sparring at Kung Fu. And then also me said everybody would have died. Yes. You know? Yeah. Because like, yeah, I was no, because like, it's it's like listening to. Uh, like 70s or 80s hair metal while driving on the highway. It's like, <laughs> why, why don't you just crash your car right now? Because it's it's only a matter of time. Yeah, as T goes to infinity. Yeah, no, exactly. But no, that, that song, I actually I hadn't heard it probably in years, you know, but the minute that it came on, I was like, <gasps> amazing. And to their credit, the, A, that song's just, no notes on that song. I don't yeah, nope. I, I don't know if I'm just firmly viewing it through nostalgia goggles or don't care. Yeah, don't care. <laughs> Love it. Anybody who says anything ill about it is just clearly a hater and haters gonna hate. But that being said, despite how awesome it is, they didn't overuse it, you know? Like uh let's see, it's in the opening. It's does it's it come it, up during the final fight? It's it's in the to to my recollection it is in the opening. It's in the first fight that Liu Kang, Sonya Blade, and Johnny Cage all fight together to show like, oh, they're starting to get along mm, and yeah. teamwork. Which actually has that. Oh, other, is that the one on the boat? No, 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 no. That's the one where um where all of the the aberific dudes <laughs> come in and 
slug it out with them, which has that other sound cue that um, we need to talk oh about. Oh my god! Yeah, but finish your thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I just don't want this to end without because you, you noticed that, and I would have noticed it in a million years. But anyways, no, so we, we will have to release bonus content if we somehow don't get that into this episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so there, it's then, and then I think it's just at the final fight with Shang Tsung, and then credits. So. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Because I mean, it, it's a you know, it's a just shy a two hour movie. That song's probably two and a half minutes. Like, I could easily imagine someone, some director or some executive producer, being like, "Yeah, okay." And for the twelfth time it plays, we'll have it start <laughs> in this scene. It's like, no, we can't do that because twenty years from now, we want kids to still be like thinking this is an amazing pop up song that they secretly put on their like gym playlist. Yeah, no, and and that's the thing is that like so the first time you hear it, it like sets the tone, you know. It's like oh, super awesome, actiony, whatever, right? Well, and in the opening, it's only like fifteen seconds. It's, yeah, it's the guy yelling Mortal Kombat. Then the like, I don't know what it is. It sounds like an electric piano. The like, dun 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 dun, yeah. and then it's like logo, and then it like smash cuts to the story starting. Right, and so um, so then there's that one. There's the one where like you you know, when the, uh, they all band together and fight, right. Which is supposed to be an empowering scene. Cause it's the first time it's like, look through teamwork. They are all able to best this horde of whatever cultists. Um, <laughs> and then you see it when he fights with Sang Sung and it's when it's on the initial fight with Sang Sung where you're like, yeah, Liu Kang and Sang Sung, he's finally beating him up and getting revenge. But then when Sang Sung starts to turn the tables, they, don't play it anymore, you know? Right. The all that is weird, lost moment. Yeah, it goes to that weird, like, oh, like, whatever other world music that they just, to be fair, monks just chanting just always sounds ominous, like crazy ominous. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think it's, it's innocuous enough that the visual really, because if the visual of monks chanting is like a beautiful, like, Catholic cathedral mm. in like, you know, the, the countryside of France, you did not, I probably should have said Spain. I don't think France is a super Catholic country, <laughs> but like you, you, then like you could say like, Oh, it's, then it's like this uplifting. It's like the monks are chanting, but if it's like a long dimly lit hallway with just like a stone altar at one end and a, a single guy in a robe where you can't see his face holding a knife, like those exact same monks chanting. It's like, Oh, someone is about to get sacrificed to a pagan God. So, Wait, does that does that mean that the monk's song itself is empty and devoid of con but but then the context itself fills the empty cup? Yeah, that is absolutely what I was going for. <laughs> and and you can read more about my philosophical musings in my new book. <laughs> yeah, when uh, when, when's that coming out? I think it's like next week, right? It's uh it's soon. It's soon. I got to talk to some publishers. Um, brief, brief tangential thing. Uh, one, one of our, one of our friends, um, one time had the best dodge that I've ever heard on something like that, which is, I, I said like, Hey, how many of thing X do you have? And I knew that she had like none. Right. And I was joking. Cause I had like five, it was, it was in like a video game. Right. And so I was like, Oh, how many of thing X do you have? She's like, I have a, enough that I'm happy with it, right? So that was a good like initial dodge, but me being being an ass, I felt the need to press the issue, right? So I said like, oh man, I mean, I'm sure you've got tons. You must have like five or 10 by now. And she's like, closer to five than 10. Nice. Right? Yeah, so that, that reminded on, me of that dodge. On track for lawyerdom. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's like, it's like, oh man, it's coming out in a couple weeks, right? It's like, uh, closer to two weeks than one, you know, yeah. in that it's like, <laughs> yes, in that it is infinity weeks. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, uh, I think that 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 music is only used to pump you up, and it, I felt it was used the exact right amount because any less, and I would be like, I just want to watch the scene over and over again because I want to hear this music. <laughs> But anymore, and I'd be like, "Oh, good! This 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 music is happening again." So, yeah, and and the the sound effect we absolutely have to talk about is the overall tone <laughs> of the movie is like I'm I'm gonna say like a seven out of ten on the serious scale. Like only Johnny Cage is making jokes, and they they kind of give you the impression that he is using humor to cope with how uncomfortable he is. Yes. Like with himself, with the situation, like that is supposed to be a part of his character, but like other characters do not make jokes. Funny things don't really happen. Like even the, the crotch punch is a Johnny cage moment. And right. it, I mean, there is arguably some advantage to it, although he just assumed that he had a similar anatomy. Like that was, that was a pretty big gamble there, Mr. Cage. Um, yeah, it totally was, but he did hit him right in the glue box. So, <laughs> right in the glue box, uh, uh, my flargan. Um, so, <laughs> so like the overall, the the movie is has got a pretty similar or serious tone. And in that scene, in the dunna 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 team up fight scene, mm-hmm. there's like a stair- stairway up to like a little dais and. Two of the here. No, I think it's actually just uh, Luke hangs up there. But anyway, like guys run up at him, like washboard ab guys run up at him. He knocks washboard ab guys down, and it makes the sound of like a strike in bowling. Yes, the the like stereotypical like. I, I think at one point in like the 1950s, like they had a bowler. Yeah, bowl one strike, foley artist recorded that. <laughs> recorded that, and then just it became public domain because yeah, it is that stereotypical thing. And and honestly, because me with my troglodyte ears, um, <laughs> yeah, like I'm just like watching. I'm I'm enjoying the fight. And I'm like trying to like watch like the martial arts to see like how well that holds up now that you know we've been doing martial arts for a while. And like you were like, wait, what? <laughs> and, and, and I was like, well, what? And you're like, did you hear that? I was like, no. And you're like, wind it back. And so we wind it back. It's like, yeah, no. It's just he he kicks them both down and it makes the the you know like bowling pin strike which and and it's not like oh they knock over a bunch of like barrels and furniture or like a weapon rack like they hit nothing that's the sound of them falling down (laughs) they they are propelled not so much by Liu kang kicking them but by their own jumping away from Liu kang as stunt doubles do but yeah no it's so bad and i mean that that's because the, the the visual things I feel like are easier to be like, oh, that CGI is terrible or like, oh, that stunt wasn't done very well. They really shouldn't have filmed it at that angle. Like, oh, my God, that was the best take. Like, I feel like most people get that kind of stuff. And to to the silver lining of your troglodyte ideas is that if someone didn't point that out to you, you never would have noticed that. Because nope. I firmly believe that it's not that you noticed that subconsciously and you just weren't consciously aware of it. Like it didn't even register to you. No, no, it absolutely <laughs> did not. And 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 so that's the thing. Is in my own like head canon, basically there was you know a sound editor who was going through and just like as a joke put like the bowling pin noise in there and then just forgot to take it out and nobody nobody saw it and then like they're in the final screening and he's like sees that happening and he like breaks out into like sweating bullets (laughs) yeah he like looks to his left looks to his right and like nobody says anything he's like 
sweet and then just like moved on with life you know that's one of my favorites uh is it brian regan the guy who kind of looks like jim carrey <laughs> it's like one of my favorite brian regan jokes when he's talking about the serving size of ice cream and he's like oh no hey hey jim look at this i i put two ounces as a serving size I mean, it was just a joke, but they're going out like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I thought you were talking about the one where it was, I think it's uh, like, uh, uh, oh, I forget. It's the the two brothers who um, were like big in the comedy. They got a bunch of rewards. I'm completely blanking oh, on no, the no, no, yeah, not, I know, I think I know who you mean, not them. But yeah. my headcanon for this, having heard that sound effect, is uh, Luke Hang has feet made of some kind of stone and the washboard ab guys are made out of wood. <laughs> <laughs> so that is why it makes that noise. Because he never fights them again. So we never get a second test case to know that if every time he hits them, <laughs> it makes that noise. That is, that is true. That is true. And one of the other things I remember, and this is kind of bleeding into like story, but <laughs> the, so the entire time that we were watching this, or actually, do you have anything else on, on sound? Like that was kind of all my... Uh, no, because I, unless I there's other ridiculous things I missed, they didn't really do anything unexpected or like yeah. that seemed out of place. Like the the bowling pin thing is, it, I mean, it was like a Wilhelm scream. Like it just <laughs> it just cut through my ears like like nails on a chalkboard. I was like, nope, nope, nope. Suspension of disbelief completely shattered. Like <laughs> I know that I'm watching a movie. What is going on right now? Um, but everything else is like. They don't go overboard, compared uh, certainly compared to any other action movie with like the punchy, kicky sound effects. Because mm-hmm. if you go back and you watch like seventies, like Bruce Lee and and Jackie Chan, everything is like whoosh, 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 thump, right. whoosh, thump, thump. Like it's it's absolutely abysmal. But I mean, they they were working on literal shoestring budgets. Like if you worked on that movie, they'd allow you to own shoestrings. So. <laughs> So the, there's like the 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 sound effects are are non they're non threatening like they just innocuous yeah just yeah they're, they're there honest. and then the the one thing that really stands out on the music side is the more I mean there's other music in this movie yeah. but it's also unremarkable which in some ways you could argue is a good thing right like it just sets the tone like there's yeah. the the monks chanting right it's just like oh right yeah, and no, you're like, I, I oh I'm that, supposed to feel scared yeah I would say that definitely all of the music cues and you know let me know how I was supposed to feel, you know? So like, I I mean, obviously the Mortal Kombat music is like emotional cocaine, but (laughs) I know how to feel. (laughs) I wouldn't get cocaine reference in there. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but you know, yeah. I mean like the, like when, you know, ominous music is ominous, desperate music, desperate, you know, Um, even like the reptile music was like kind of like otherworldly, you know, like it kind of, so, um, so all of that, uh, one of the other, so right before that fight with the bowling pins that I remember one of our exchanges that I just got a huge kick out of was, you know, like they're wandering through this ancient, wherever the hell they are, you know? And so as they're going through, they're like knocking down these cobwebs that have perfectly like sealed the doorway. <laughs> and Johnny Cage is like, he went, she went this way. And I think he said like, like, how would you even know? And he was like, I can smell her perfume. I'm like, BS, she went that way. How are the cobwebs still there? Like, there's no way you're following her unless you can, like... That was another total, like, shattering of disbelief (laughs) moment because that one didn't occur to me. And, like, you were were sitting on kind of, like, next to my couch and you were just like, 
yeah, the cobwebs aren't broken. She obviously didn't go that way. And I was just like, yeah, she obviously didn't go that way. Like, idiot. Yeah. Jerk. Yeah. No, so, so, yeah, no, I mean, and, and the movie is, in my opinion, hilariously rife with, you know, moments like that. And I think that our mantra during this entire movie was, that's not how tournaments work. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Is this harken back to the idea that, you know, like we said, that the movie is in service of the fan service, you know, so. Absolutely. Well, the, and the reason that's not how tournaments work was so frustrating is not because you and I have been doing martial arts. It's not because tournaments are not that complicated and they didn't have to be <laughs> so lazy about it. It's because the entire framework of the movie is that this Mortal Kombat is the most important Mortal Kombat because if Shang Tsung wins 10 Mortal Kombats in a row, that they will magically, I guess, be able to enter the realm of Earth and screw it all up like they screwed up Outworld. Right. Here's the thing. They have obviously been cheating because oh, rampantly. Well, and Raiden literally says that, like they've won through treachery or something like that. Like they're not the best fighters. You're the best fighters, but they've been like winning through treachery. And then when they go there, they're just, there are no rules. There's no, no structure. Fights happen randomly <laughs> between random participants at any time of day, in any venue, on any dimensional plane. Yes. Like, <laughs> So, so to say they've been winning by cheating implies that there are rules that are being broken and there is no indication that there is any structure or any kinds of rules. And it becomes even more flagrant at the end when Sheng Tsung is like, well, I reserve the right to challenge whoever wins the Johnny Cage Goro match out of the, I can challenge the victor for the final battle or also anyone else. I think he says what he says, which is just it's kind of like when in The Simpsons, Apu, Homer's talking to Apu and he says, like, it's a Civil War reenactment. So we need a lot of Indians to shoot. And Apu's like, I do not know what part of that sentence to correct first. <laughs> There's just a lot to unpack. <laughs> there is a lot to unpack with that one statement that he says. So he says, if I remember correctly, like, you can fight Goro if you want. But then yeah, I so reserve jo Johnny Cage challenges Goro. Johnny Cage goes to Goro's handler, Shang Tsung, right. to challenge Goro. It'd be like, he's like, I want to fight Goro next. Because um, he's doing the douchey chivalry thing, and he thinks he's protecting Sonya Blade. Right. And so uh, so then he, Shang Tsung says, that's fine, but then I reserve the right to challenge um, to, to challenge the opponent of my choice in like the location of my choice for the final Mortal Kombat. Okay. Well, he he says, I reserve the right to challenge the victor yes. of the Johnny Cage Goro match. And then like without even pausing or like having to fight down a chuckle, tags on the pork belly of or a combatant of my choosing mm -hmm. in a place of my choosing. Right. And it's like, so no matter how your fight goes, I get to just do whatever the hell I want. Basically. So aside from just the ridiculousness of, like you said, like just the, the like, oh, I can just fight whomever, wherever. Two, two things that stand out to me of that, that, that whole situation. One is he's like, well, then I get to do thing X for the final Mortal Kombat. So wait, it, you can just pick a match and say that's the last one? You know, like... 
That's not, yeah, the, there's no indication of how many matches we've been clocking. Like, is this the final match because we've arrived at the final match? Or, like, you just bored? Do you have to pick up your kid from soccer <laughs> practice? Like, <laughs> pick up his kid from soul camp. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. And, and so, yeah, that, that, that in and of itself is weird because it's just kind of like we know for a fact there's at least three combatants left who have been undefeated at that point. So I don't think you can do better than undefeated. So how come they, they can't get in, get in yeah, on it? Yeah. Why are Liu Kang and Sonya Blade not fighting each other to the death? Yeah. Which, you know, they should be, cause that's how tournaments work. But, um, <laughs> but second is I regulatory affairs here. I'm just going to say what empowered Johnny cage to make that kind of an agreement. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> like, like his Johnny Cage is like done, and Sang Song's like, and can never be undone. And then Raiden, the god of Earth, right, comes in. He's like, I don't think so. And he's like, Oh, I'm he's sorry. the protector yeah. of the Earth realm. Yeah, I think. yeah. He drew, he drew the short straw because you know, <laughs> the yeah, god he's, of thunder. He's not, he's not our Kami. I think he's like our King Kai. Yeah, I, yeah. He's 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 something. I think he's probably actually closer to our Thor, and like he hails from his own plane and all that fun yeah, stuff. But, yeah. um, but anyway, so he comes in. He's like, I don't think so. And then Shang Tsung's like, Oh, too bad. Already been done. And it's like, so wait, just for the record, then, <laughs> like, Liu Kang could have hopped off the boat and been like, Shang Tsung, you, me, just end it now, right? And and then like, so because Johnny Cage is Johnny Cage, so for some reason he's been given ultimate authority to decide how this tournament goes that cannot be overruled by the guardian of earth whose effective job it is to monitor this tournament to make sure it's done correctly right which leads me to believe that his intervention is more of a johnny cage don't be a jackass and not like <laughs> because he's not actually violating whatever rules there are like what he did was within the rules which right. is why raiden kind of looks at him like why did you do that? <laughs> What's wrong with you? And so, and, and I have to, I have to make a quick uh, real time correction here. Um, under no circumstances could any of the heroes have ever fought each other, regardless of how the tournament went, because it's their realm versus our realm. Right. Yeah. So, no, so if, if we killed all of their guys and all of our guys were still alive, they none of them would have to fight each other. So right. that means, because think about that for a minute. So, the, Kano is in the tournament and fights Sonya Blade. He must be fighting on the side of Outworld. Yeah, which, I mean, I, I would think that that Kano is dumb enough and greedy enough to do something that stupid. Yes, now explain to me the random Dreadlocks guy that Liu Kang fights. Oh, straight-up psychopath. I assume that the rest of them are just, like, straight-up cult members. Like, they believe that is gonna come down and... And Dude. and so so Shang Tsung like is is that guy a humanoid from Outworld or from some other plane or did Shang Tsung go recruit humans to, <laughs> to fight on the Outworld side knowing full well that he has literal demons from hell on his side? Oh, that like why would you go get random Jamaican guy? <laughs> yeah, I always thought even back in the day I thought random Jamaican guy was kind of I'm like who who is this guy? You know, like, uh, uh, yeah, that, that always <laughs> struck me as odd. And so the reason though, why I think that this, so again, this is fan service, the movie, you know? So, I mean, it is what it is, but that being said, the reason why I think that this in, in my older age frustrated me and why I felt it made it fall more flat than when I was younger is because 
I would be able to ignore all of this if it wasn't for the fact that, like you said, this is central to the plot. Like, right. you know, like the whole plot is hinging on the fact it's like we have to win Mortal Kombat. Otherwise, otherwise the antagonist wins. Like in order for the protagonist to be victorious, they need thing A to happen. Otherwise, the antagonist wins. And we have no idea through which that's happening you know <laughs> like so you know Liu kang fights a nondescript number of matches these weird back deals and all of this other sort of insanity so yeah at, at some point i was just kind of like are we i mean i've seen this before so i know that we win but it's like are we making progress towards our goal because <laughs> and then there was the other one that we we, we discussed where at one point like um when Liu kang fights up zero which was actually a fun fight but like ominous music is ominous Liu kang is just pulled into an area and like he's just kind of hanging out like like his handler went to go use the bathroom. So he's just like waiting for him to get back. And like Sub-Zero comes walking out and like squares up with him. And then like you see like Liu Kang being like, oh, 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 I'm I'm fighting right now. You know, it's like, was that a tournament match? Did they just try to assassinate him? Like, well, I mean, we already talked about when the three heroes fight a room full of random baddies like. I mean, imagine if you went to like a a soccer a, a soccer match, or for our international listeners, a football game. And, <laughs> and I think I actually reversed those, so I'm going to say that was intentional. Um, so you <laughs> you're watching the match, and let's say like right before the halftime mark, uh, you and a bunch of your drunk buddies run onto the pitch and just start it up. And and then they just allow the game to continue afterwards, yeah. like as if nothing had happened. Yeah, absolutely. No, and it's it's just straight up bizarre. So, you know, then, you know, he, he wins and it's like, oh, all right, all right, that's that's cool. That's good. And then immediately, like all of a sudden, like, you know, Shang Tsung goes up to Goro and is like, Goro, it's time. And it just shows Goro like laying out like tons of people. And it's like, okay. Wait, what? So, I'm I'm just I'm just 100 <laughs> sh- not sure what's happening. So so that felt a little bit flat in retrospect because you know like all of a sudden you're like yeah Johnny Cage beat Goro and Scorpion Liu Kang beat Sub Zero and um, Jamaican guy yeah and random so, unfortunate dreadlocks character yeah and uh, and yeah Sonya beat Kano so it's like yeah we're winning we're winning and then all of a sudden it's like you know. Sang Sung's like, nah, Super Psych, gonna gonna go fight Sonya. And you're like, oh, wait, what? And then it's like, Sonya's like, I'm not gonna fight you. He's like, well, then you lose. And it's like, no, wait, what? You know, like there were a lot of wait, what moments, you know? Yeah, well, and and something we, we haven't addressed that I... I can forgive a little bit Kano's weird obsession with Sonya Blade. It's never... Oh, exp- do, you, do you mean wait, everybody's... Wait, uh, wait. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going there. Okay, I, okay, I just sorry, don't... didn't mean to jump the gun. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's where this is going. So so I can forgive Kano's weird obsession with her because it is very strongly implied that they have some kind of backstory, right? right. Kano, Kano is a criminal, like he's involved in some kind of crime syndicate. He has killed Sonya Blade's partner, and we know that that's why Sonya Blade hates Kano so much. So I, I can... I can forgive them not explaining in more detail why he is so creepy toward her. He's he's the Joker to her Batman. 
yeah, they they just it, it's a, a lazy shorthand to be like strong female character who is a hero has a strong male character who is a villain who like who infantilizes her and objectifies her and talks down to her and like makes creepy comments. Like I get that there is a backstory that is happening there. I don't understand why Shang Tsung also treats Sonya like that. Like he is weirdly obsessed with her. He, he makes a bunch of like weird comments about her throughout the movie. He grabs her like by her ponytail and is like, I challenge her in Outworld. And like, that's how they go like from the island, which I just realized I need to talk about. So (laughs) that's how they go from the island to Outworld where like the big final match happens. And for reasons we were not able to determine, even after a long bit of discussion, he changes her into a leather dress from mm-hmm. her like tank top and and shorts and someone styles her hair yes and then they chain her up yeah what i mean just <laughs> what? what the actual fuck on so many different levels no i mean i yeah like all of that and and to be fair and well not to be fair i know i don't i don't want i don't want to cut the movie slack in this area um no is it it's it's like that to me, it just it when I was a young 10 year old boy, I was like, yeah, you know, that that makes sense. Like all of a sudden the, the, the girl's been captured. The heroes have to go rescue rescuer. But yeah, no, all of that fell that fell wildly flat. And Johnny Cage was insufferable. You know, oh my God, he's so bad. Yeah. No, like the the just casual racism and casual sexism. And I mean, like, I know that they're trying to kind of make him, you know, you know what it is? It's like a a dime store Han Solo, you know, like, yeah, he's he's, supposed to be like roguish and kind of kind of old school in that like drinks whiskey, smokes cigars, kicks ass. But tough guy with a heart of gold works. Douchebag with a heart of gold doesn't work because you can't be both of those things. Exactly. Yeah. So. Those two things combined, like, I felt really, really graded on me. And, yeah, especially because, like, Shang Tsung, I thought the I thought he did, like, a good job being, like, kind of, like, ominous and creepy until he started weirdly creeping on Sonya because, to me, that actually disempowered his character a bit to be singularly focused on this one, any one mortal. But then to be, like, weirdly sexual to, you know, Sonya, it's like, why is this the first human woman you've ever seen? Because you're acting like it. And well, it's and all it would have taken is a single line of dialogue where you find out that Shang Tsung thinks that Sonya is the one and doesn't realize that Liu Kang is actually the one. Like, yeah, that's all they would have had to do if they wanted for some reason to keep all of the creepiness in there. Just explain i understand why kano's a creep because he's like generic bad guy that they have a history i don't like right. it but i at least understand it johnny cage it is flimsier but i understand what they were trying to do even though i think it's terrible execution and it sucks but like again okay he's supposed to be like hollywood you, macho you see, guy you see where they're trying to take the shot the fact that they missed the mark you know but right. you see what they were shooting at yeah but but shang sung is just creepy for no reason and and the only like straw I can grasp at is 
they were like, well, creepy is shorthand for villain. And it's like, but we already know he murders people's and takes their souls. Like we, he doesn't also <laughs> need to be a sexual predator. I already think he's not a super great guy. Yeah. No, I mean, they do a great job, right? Literally the first scene of the movie is him murdering a, younger, a child. Yeah. A child. Effectively, I was gonna say a younger guy, but like a, a child while he screams for his brother, like they don't, yeah, I don't need anything more. It's like, got it, bad guy, don't like him, unless you give me some other information. And even even if, like, so, like, let's just say that they, they said, like, oh, well, we need to have him be fixated on her because we need him kidnapping her to Outworld to be, like, the reason why they go to Outworld. Even if you're, like, we don't know any other way to write that, that's the way we're going to write that. Even if he had just said, like, you know, at one point it could have shown him, like, watching, you know, like, the Sonya, Liu Kang, and all of them fight and being, like, she's the weak link that can tear them apart or some, some garbage like that. Well, even like if I capture her, Johnny Cage will rush in like a chivalrous idiot and right. Liu Kang will rush in to save both of them. Cause he's actually a good guy. Cause then that would have been awesome because instead of getting some like weird sexual predator, you would have gotten somebody who is calculating on a level that you think he could have thrown nine martial arts tournaments in his favor. You know? Right. Ooh, yeah. No, I really like that as as far as like, you know, that's way better because then you could have been like, no, he's done this before. He's done this at every other tournament where he found the weak the, the weakness of the group and then poked at it until the group faltered. And then, you know, for whatever reason this group succeeds because they are magic or whatever. Because Liu Kang actually is the chosen one. But yeah, because I mean it, it makes perfect sense that um he would capture her because that will make Johnny Cage like overswing and do something stupid. And then, and Liu Kang isn't strong enough to save both of them, but he will right. try. And in the attempt, he will fail. Like this, this is, I mean, we didn't discuss this for a single second before just now on the air. And we just wrote a better ending to this. movie. <laughs> oh, and, and the whole scene, it's not totally, that hard. It just should totally be, be done while like Shang Tsung is playing like outworld chess or some, sh- you know, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Some, some kind of crazy upside down chessboard where all the pieces are black and dark shades of gray. Like <laughs> this, it would, yeah. it would not have been, I would have even just accepted like he kidnaps her just cause, and they don't show Johnny Cage rush in to be chivalrous and they don't show Liu Kang rush in to try and save his friends. And like, that's the thing that makes them weak because they're now divided in what their objective is. Even if they didn't outline why he did that, they could have still removed the parts where he's a creep for no reason. Yes. No, absolutely. Because th- those contribute nothing. We know nothing about why he is so obsessed with her because all of those conversations where he's a creep happen in private. He's not doing it to unnerve them. That's actually yeah. how he feels. Yeah, he's just super into her for some reason, which is just inexplicable. There were there were two other weird um, moments that I did want to touch on that I we, we called them both out when we were watching. <laughs> but one of them is, and you made me think of it, is because, okay, so creep, Creepy Kano's Creepy fine whatever they've got a, a weird like heisenberg police kind of whatever that's fine but so <laughs> so when sonia at the beginning is like going after kano through she, the club through the club <laughs> right so she and her swat team with like open shotguns and like assault rifles go into this club and everybody's just like dancing having a good time they are checking people out of the way they and, open fire well that was the best part is it so then <clears throat> a a mobster or whatever like they come to where like kano's you know vip area is right and somebody comes out and shoots at them right 
they return into a fire crowd and, of people. What? Right. So the, they were, yeah, the bad guys shoot at them, and there are people behind them. Exactly. So the bad guy shoots at them. They they open fire back and just straight up murder that guy. Fine, whatever. Not excessive use of force. Totally fine. But, <laughs> but so he didn't hit them, and those bullets had to go somewhere. Like yes. there's just absolutely no way he did not straight up shoot everyone behind them like yes. like you could and, like and they're all just totally everybody keeps dancing even though all this gunfire just happened feet away yeah no absolutely like they don't they don't even like they don't literally they do not miss a beat and so um well, it, it's more this i'm telling you all of the extras were given the direction go a do b don't talk like, <laughs> so like those extras they were like go over there dance don't say anything yeah <laughs> and and i guarantee you one of those extras w- like whispered you know they're dancing and like whispered to one of the other extras like are, are we supposed to do something different with all the gunfire it's like he said to dance and not to talk like i'm just gonna keep <laughs> dancing and you see so then those extras started off like all you know 50 pounds overweight but then, exactly. But then they kept dancing, and then they became the extras in <laughs> in the later scenes. Exactly, it's all coming together. <laughs> good, good. That, and then the um, uh, it happens a number of times. Um, the, to me, the two most flagrant ones is so the, the 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 thing is the use of weapons in unarmed combat. Right. So the two worst ones are. One, when Kano walks out to slug it out with Sonya Blade, and he pulls out a, like, knife, like a knife but, knife. Like, that's not a knife. This is a knife. Knife. Yes. Yeah. A, a giant, like, daddy, daddy, please buy that for me when you're at, like, medieval times. Yeah. With like, cartoony knife. Like, a huge knife. Yeah. Like, a huge pipe-hitting knife, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so... That's um, a that was a weird mixed metaphor right there. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. It just it felt right at the time. Anyway, so <laughs> so yeah, so and then he's just like swinging on her with it and she like ducks and moves and disarms him and whatever and it's all fine. But it's like, "Wait, are you allowed to just pull steel on somebody in this combat?" And the answer is clearly yes because when Shang Tsung summons his demon army, army they are all heavily armed. Yeah, and most of them are also armored. Yeah, like they're, yeah. And theoretically, one would assume all experts in their particular fields, because Sang Sung, I would assume, after however many years of Sang Sunging about, would have only brought like the creme de la creme that he would have summoned in his ultimate layer to win the tournament that wins everything, not, you know, Joe Samurai, right? <laughs> yeah, not, not, not like a guy in a samurai costume. <laughs> <laughs> he just stole his soul outside of Party City, you know? <laughs> Like he was just oh man this is gonna be the best halloween ever your soul, your soul is mine, mine. <laughs> uh, so yeah maybe, i mean maybe that. that's why Liu kang's able to defeat like eight armed <laughs> men because they're just like randos in costumes not like bad actors in the movie but like in universe they are randos in costumes yes yeah. <laughs> He just like literally hit up, you know, like the the Halloween store just right before he came here, and 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 maybe maybe that's what it is, is that he can't summon people back like by strength. He has to like query by latest, you know. <laughs> it's, it's whoever. Well, uh, there's, I don't know. I see the thing is, you would think if he's been screwed around in uh, on like the Earth plane before. 
wouldn't you have brought back at least like one or two guys who had been like carrying guns? Yeah. And that's the other thing is that, you know, so it's like, okay, well, knives are totally fine. And apparently swords and armor, tiger, nunchucks. Yeah. Like, like katanas, like all of that. That's all yeah. good. But guns, not okay. So that's just an odd line. Oh, I mean, like, oh, I get all, it. Also magic. Yeah. Several, several people can do legitimate magic. Yeah. Like, like legitimate serious like freeze an entire person and then kick them into pieces magic you know oh man that's another thing <laughs> <laughs> so one of the okay so i think okay tell me if you accept this headcanon okay so Liu kang fights dreadlock guy and then the tournament organizers were like oh crap that was two people both from the earth realm you're not supposed to do that. Like it's their team <laughs> against it's their team against our team. Like, ah, oh, crap. Like this is going to screw everything up. And then later sub zero for unexplained reasons fights random, like washboard abs guy in a ninja mask and freezes him and explodes him. And mm -hmm. all the other washboard ninja guys are just like cheering. They're all excited because a fatality happened at all. And it bothered me that that scene made no sense because like they're all at like their meal and then they interrupt the meal just so Sub-Zero can murder a guy on their own <laughs> side. Like, right. is that supposed to be menacing? Like you're monsters from hell. Like you're already menacing. We don't need this to happen to I feel mean, they menaced. They could have just I, literally had Goro like walk through the room to right? like I, scratch in his butt to go get something out of the fridge. And like everybody I, I really, was like, what? I really think they were just balancing the sheet they're like, hmm. well, we we had one of your guys kill one of your guys, so we'll have one of our guys kill one of our guys. So, uh, I like I like that. I'm. Are you sure that it happened in that order, or did Sub Zero kill the guy before Liu Kang fought that? Because I thought that happened at the opening. That would be even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> because if it happens in that order, then can you imagine like the, one of the judges who you never see? I mean, there aren't any, but. <laughs> Could you imagine one of the judges like going up to Liu Kang and being like, hey, um, listen, we were going to have you fight this like interdimensional space demon. Uh, but like we accidentally made two of our guys kill each other. <laughs> so now like we need like two Earthrealm guys. To so like we're just OK. There's like this dreadlocks guy and he's got like a stick. Um, we're going to make you uh, kill. You're, you're, I'm sorry, dude. You're going to have to kill like stick guy. <laughs> <laughs> and Liu Kang was probably just like, well, I mean, it's a tournament. And they were like, nah, it's not the kind of tournament you're used to, though. Random, sh random. Sh <laughs> it is going to be happening all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, I, I, I like that idea. I also like <laughs> so two two things happen with, with, with Dreadlocks Stick Guy. One is um, the first thing is like, so they're both given stabs and they both slam them down and then do like some like awesome super salute bow, which. I mean, I've never done in any form of tournament where, you know, like... Yeah, no, there's there's a weird formality to that and only that fight. As opposed to, yeah, when Sub-Zero comes out and, and Liu Kang was like, oh, God, I thought, I like, I really have to pee. I asked that guy where the bathroom was and he started leading me somewhere. And and now yeah. here I... Oh, no. Um, so anyway... <laughs> now this guy. But, no, I like, I like the idea that, like... So, first of all, I like your idea of, like, you know... John tournament manager who's like <laughs> behind the scenes <laughs> and he's just and he he's the like real mastermind who's just kind of messing with everybody so I like that 
So let's roll with that. So I like the idea of like, you know, somebody walks up to John and goes like, John, it's a huge issue. He's like, what? It's like, dude, two people from Earthrealm are fighting each other. It's like, oh, you do you mean like Dreadlock's sick guy and, and Luke Kang? He's like, yeah. So yeah. So here's the thing. I told Dreadlock's dick guy that Luke Kang was from Outworld. <laughs> and that's why Dreadlock's dick guy is all super into it, you know, because he's like, I'm killing a demon, you know? <laughs> that is, see, like, I know the movie we produced would be terrible, but it'd be funny, terrible. Yeah, no, it'd be our ours would be Mortal Kombat, like the comedy, you know. Yes, yes, it'd be with like uh, the word combat would be written in like Comic Sans. <laughs> well, no, it'd be Mortal Kombat, but spelled with a C for comedy, as opposed. To- <laughs> ah, ah, this guy. <laughs> so I, I have one other thing that I actually didn't think of while we were watching the movie, um, but that, so uh, Shang Tsung. Uh, grabs Sonya and goes up to the big like circle portal door. It's like a stone door. It's actually a pretty neat. That's a pretty legit effect. Mm-hmm. Um, the the yeah. the door doesn't just open. It like the bricks like turn and it like goes away. Um, yeah. And then they they jump into the portal or he he drags her into the portal and they bamf off to our world and then heroes go after him. So um, here's here's the thing. Uh, in the beginning of the movie, when they're on the boat. Mm-hmm. And they're they're on the scary dragon boat. Shang Tsung like gets up on the like on the bow and goes like it has begun and like a big demon skull appears in the sky like a very like Death Eater mark from Harry Potter <laughs> and then they go some somewhere mm-hmm. and sh- like when they get there they make a point of showing that Sonya's radio doesn't work her her like satellite phone and that her compass is like freaking out and like won't point in a single direction. Where was that? Yeah. No idea. Because Not- they kind of imply that they've now gone to this other place, but they're definitely not an outworld because you go to outworld with them at the end right. of the movie. Is Be- that like mid midworld? Like <laughs> best best guess um uh, and this isn't a guess. This is just excuses. But <laughs> is that there is a it, when they are trying to invade Earth through Mortal Kombat, right? They have to create a pocket dimension similar to the place that they're trying to conquer in order to host the tournament that would be considered a neutral area because they can't go to Earth because then they would just go to Earth and wreck the place. Like that's the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. So. Instead, have to create a pocket dimension, but they can't create a pocket dimension that's just like Outworld because that would give the Outworlders the advantage. So the invading army is put at the disadvantage. So the pocket dimension has to be more like Earth. Yeah. Except that the last fight takes place in Outworld. Right, which is complete and other crap. No, and one one final thing that you you said that I (laughs) I got a huge kick out of was um you know, like, so Sang Sung's like, you know, I challenge her and, like, dance off. And then, like, Liu Kang and Johnny Cage are like, we're going to go after her. And then, like, I think you said, like, how are they going to get back? Like, neither of them know how to get back. And they're going to kill the only guy that we've seen so far that knows how to operate the portal. They're literally going there to kill him. And, and I don't think they don't be- show how they get back. 
Yeah, no, they don't. And and I don't think that he'd be cool enough to be like, hey, man, look, we're about to engage in Mortal Kombat, and I know that you're hoping that you win and, like, get to take over my planet, but on the off chance that you lose, could you could you be cool and let me know how to get back home? Because this place sucks, dude. It sucks bad, you know? Yeah, like, and, and, and they make it, they really, with, like, the body language and the blocking in that scene, they really make it look like Shang Tsung opened a portal to Outworld. Yes. So... Does it just stay? I mean, presumably he left it open because he wanted them to follow. Right. But, but then, but did he? No. Wait a minute. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. He is going after Liu Kang because he believes Liu Kang is significant for some reason. Because he like haunts Liu Kang's dreams and he's like, I'm going to eat your face. And then Liu Kang goes back to, I guess, Thailand and. The, the monks are like, but you're the chosen one. And he's like, nah, not really. I, I don't want to do that. That's boring. And <laughs> so it, it seems like him being the chosen one is like a known thing. And he's just like, it's the hero's journey, right? Like he's denying yeah. the call. Um, right. But what Shang Tsung actually wants, as far as we know in the audience, is that they want to invade the earth realm. Mm. So really the smartest thing this like super powerful sorcerer warrior could have done would have been to take Sonya and then mur murder her <laughs> in, in Mortal Kombat and then invaded the earth realm. Because if he is serving the emperor, then his goal of eating Liu Kang's soul is actually very much served by allowing the emperor to invade the earth realm because right. he just wants to kill Liu Kang. He clearly does not care about the rules. It's not like he has to beat him in a fair <laughs> fight. Like, yeah. So I would just find the weakest person. I would find, you know, the st stick, stick dreadlocks guy and be like, right. uh, I challenge him <laughs> to mortal combat yeah. in outworld. I would drag him by his dreadlocks to outworld eat his soul and then just be like army kill everyone. I'm going to go get that guy and eat his yeah. soul. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's unfortunately where the, the, <laughs> the rules not being clear kind of breaks everything down. Cause you know, you're just kind of like, wait, so when he kidnaps Sonya, like at that point, so up until that point, you're just kind of like weird haphazard tournament. Okay. Whatever. But then when it's like, I challenge Sonya and conquer and take her away. And she's like, I'm not going to fight you. And you're like, yeah, good. He's like, well, then you lose. You're like, wait, what? And it's like, but we're here. And you're like, yeah, good. And then it's like, Johnny Cage, I choose you. And then like, Luke King's like, no, I want to fight you. And you're like, I have no idea. Like, I don't want to say things that we can't take back, but it's very similar to like the Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, whatever pod race, like betting thing. Oh yeah. You like, know? But if we win Deus yeah. Ex Machina, <laughs> yeah, but, but but if you win, but wait, then you get the yeah, pod but, from. But I mean, if if I was Shang Tsung, like I would just have been the second Sonya Blade was like, I'm not gonna fight you. I would just be doing like the middle finger dance. I'd be like, tournament's over, we win, yep. be Peace. because because it is established probably 90 seconds later when Liu Kang, well, because Johnny Cage is like, I'm gonna fight you, and Liu Kang shoots in and is like, because this is supposed to be the moment where he's accepting his destiny, and he shoots in and he's like. I challenge you to Mortal Kombat. And Shang Tsung's kind of like, uh, because I think what his character was about to say is, dude, the tournament's over. I challenged her and she gave up. Like, yeah. we're, we're done here. This is, we're done. Like, I'm, I'm going to get lunch and then we're going to come invade your, <laughs> we're going to come and invade your planet. But 
and, Sorry, and, real, real and I know th- I know that that's how that should have ended because Luke Kang says to him, "If you don't fight me, you forfeit, and we win." Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> none of that makes any sense. Although, real fast, what I do want to see is that scene you just described <laughs> of Sang Sung like sitting in a in a lunchroom cafeteria, like <laughs> like just eating his sandwich and like looking at his watch, like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna." Vader, cool. Like takes another bite of his sandwich, like elevator music playing in the background. Like, no, I, I want to no, see dude, that, dude. Elevator music, like the mu- You know what that's called? It's Muzak, and there's a, oh, a long reason you could look into it if you've never heard that story before. But the Muzak version of the Mortal Kombat scene. <laughs> so, so he's sitting in the lunchroom with all those washboard ab guys who are eating like tuna salads because I mean you got to maintain that physique, and yep. and and <laughs> and it's just like. Duh. And like you see, like like as he's eating, at one point, there's like and like coughs a little bit, and you know, looks down and he's like, he's like wiping mustard off of his robes, like you see him like just like give up, you know, and just be like, like. Anyway, so so with that, did did it hold up? Uh. I, yes. Um, I mean, although we just had absolute delight tearing it to pieces, like, I don't want to say this is a, like, so bad it's good movie, because I don't think that that's what this is. I think this is a really solid example of nostalgia goggles. If mm. if I had never seen this movie before, it would only be a so, so bad it's good movie. Like, right. it would just be fun to watch and make fun of, but because there's all of these loose ends I'm willing to just completely ignore and all of these plot holes I'm willing to like take leaps of faith to cross from the shore to that shore. I was like, not only did I enjoy watching it, but before you and I decided to do this, I had actually watched it like two weeks earlier with Susan. And then when you were like, oh dude, we should do this. Like, I think it could be fun. And I was like, oh, what movie do you want to watch? And you were like Mortal Kombat. And I was like, well, I just watched it, but Okay. Yeah, sure. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I'll I'll sink another hundred minutes into this. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I think that um, if you if somebody said like, oh, if I was like, oh, blah blah blah, Mortal Kombat, and somebody said, you know, oh, I've never really seen that, I wouldn't be like, dude, you gotta go see yeah. it. It's really enjoy. Like, I enjoyed watching it. I think I would enjoy watching it again with other friends who've seen it before. Um, but it's kind of like in in a, in a way like like Dragon Ball Z, where if somebody you know said like, oh, I never really watched Dragon Ball Z, I'm like, are you 16? That no, then don't no, don't no. don't bother. Just yeah. No, I mean, it, it's I think I think the purest definition of nostalgia when it comes to like making a recommendation to someone is if you haven't seen it before or you haven't played it or read it or listened to it or whatever it is, it's like, oh, then you just missed it. Yeah. Like because going back to it now, like like if you weren't alive when The Godfather was released, you should probably go watch The Godfather. Right. But if you've never seen Mortal Kombat, it's like, well, okay, like you just missed that piece of pop culture history. Yep, that's that's gone for you. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's like you know, for me personally, it's like snakes on a plane. You know, like you never saw snakes on a plane. Nope. Well, you missed it. Yeah, exactly, and and, and, and I probably never will because yeah, everybody was just kind of like, oh my gosh, it was so amazing. I saw it in the theaters, and it was this and that, and like it was no, so it was great. garbage. It was a hot yeah. pile of garbage. Yeah, exactly. That's what they were saying. But they were. They, Every time I noticed is that what they were describing was the experience, not the movie. Right. And I was like, 
well, I'm not going to get that experience watching it after I put my son to sleep no. on the couch with my <laughs> wife, you know, watching this terrible movie. So, so yeah, so I would say it's, it's, it's like that is, does it hold up? Yeah. If you've seen it before, you know, but, but yeah, it's, um, so I would say that it, it, the nostalgia goggles don't break it in a sense like there have been, for instance, on you know the games portion of this, games where I absolutely loved them as a kid and now cannot tolerate them at all. This is something that I loved as a kid, love as an adult, would not recommend to anybody who has not seen it before. No. And and I think the significant, like the the uncanny valley of terribleness that this movie is trapped in, which I suspect a lot of video game movies will end up being trapped in, is it's not so bad it's good so right. so the the nostalgia goggles are what make it redeemable like it's it's uh <laughs> it's like in wool like you wear the goggles that make the world look livable even though it's actually a horrible mutated hellscape like it's that's a good book if you ever read that book it's <laughs> um so it, it's it's a weird cuz like i would honestly say like if you've never seen snakes on a plane like you probably could watch it and just rip it to shreds from start to end and and be satisfied with it if you didn't watch mortal kombat as a kid or or as an adult if you were an adult when it was new i i don't think this is bad enough to get that kind of enjoyment out of it it needs yeah. nostalgia goggles yes no i would agree with that but honestly um you know haven't had a chance to to do it go on check it out or, sorry, if you haven't had the chance to do it, don't go on. Don't check it out. If you have seen it when you were younger, go, go give it another look. It's uh, I'm gonna feel really bad for anybody who like pressed pause right when you flubbed yeah, that. Yeah, flubbed that. Yeah. Like, oh, I knew it. I knew I should have checked out Mortal Kombat when I was 10. I'm gonna go watch it now. What, what, what was that, honey? <laughs> oh, I, I gotta go into the kitchen and they just like pause the thing and then then watching like. Man, these guys have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, this is awful. Just but, hate mail. <laughs> yeah, but that being said. If if nothing else, I think that if you if you you know let's just say you don't have the hour, you, you just don't have the time to throw at it. Um, what you should absolutely do is hop on Netflix if you have it, and just queue it up, listen to the first minute, and then that's really all you need. Yeah. <laughs> the curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land battling evil fighting the darkness just sword in hand your memories creep in with the edge of a smile 